Man. Well, how are you today? Everybody good? Everybody in the balcony? Hey, hey, Mark. Love you. Uh, it's so weird being here because, uh, well, one, I'm, I'm, well, I'm from LA, born in LA, lived in Northwest Florida uh, for most of my life, and I now live in Pennsylvania with my wife, and I like always say like I'm never moving back to the South. And then I drove through here, and I'm like, okay, I could totally live here. Like, <laughs> this is absolutely beautiful. Oh my! I'm like, okay, I don't know who goes around in the middle of the night and hangs that Spanish moss, but I'm like, if you could come to my house and do that at my place, I would. I would love that. I don't know if it's like Chip and Joanna Gaines out running around the streets of Hilton Head and Bluffton, but it is awesome. And um, yeah, so my wife and I, her name is Shayna, and uh, I think she's watching online. Also, my mom and my dad uh, are watching online, so love you guys. My little boy, Jack Brave. Jack Brave, take care of mama. You're the man of the house, boy. Love you. Um, So, man, I'm really uh, just honored to be here. Uh, That was like the most humbling welcome. I don't even know where to go from that right now, but I just want to say that I know I've known Caleb for quite a few years and he's a man of God. And if you sit under his teaching, uh, you're blessed. You are blessed. And uh, I know how he protects the pulpit. Um, I'm a person that honors the pulpit and wants to protect the pulpit. And so for him to ask me to come and be here, um, I literally just kind of had like a a Wayne's world moment where I was like, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. If you know Wayne's world. So sorry, I'm a heathen. Uh, but, um, Hey, today I'm just excited to bring the word. Um, man, are you, are you ready to get in the word this morning? Come on. I love your church. You guys are just ready. You're hungry. You want more of the Lord. It's so good. I, oh, I love it. I go to churches so often and man, there's just, sometimes there's some staleness and some dryness, but man, there is just a river flowing through this house. It's so good. It's so good. Um, man, today I had a, I had a really a message on my heart that was about unity and I want to stick with my message, but I really feel like there's a word that's in my heart right now as we were in worship and when we were in prayer this morning and it was, it was the word contend, but It's like, what are we contending for? And I feel like if I could just be really bold and say something, um, I feel this in my spirit, Caleb, and I feel this within your church that there's gonna be, see people in Hilton Head, I think come in and out a lot of times. They're coming in and out. I'm coming to vacation. Um, I'm I'm coming in to, to relax and rest and then I'm gonna go out and go back to what I was doing. And I think that that's, that's a, good, a good thing. And I think that there's a coming in and going out, but I feel like what's coming in, I feel like there's a wave of revival and it's not the wave of like a religious revival or what we've seen revival as, but I feel like there's a wave of revival that's coming. And so I just feel like there's something today about just contending for the place of revival. And I think what has to happen in that is we have to prepare ourselves for what the Lord wants to do with revival. And like, we have to build the house of God for a place of revival, but we also have to build ourselves. Like, like we have to build us 
You and I, we have to be built for the place of revival so that way revival can come to an area, to a location, and we can see God's hand move. And I believe that this will be literally the last great awakening that we will ever see before Jesus comes back. And I believe that we are on the cusp of what is going to happen and what is going to take place. And so today I really want us to be in a place of where I'm ready to contend for revival in what Jesus wants to do, not what I've seen in other places, not what I've seen in Toronto, not what I've seen in Brownsville, not what I've seen in Lakeland, Florida, but Jesus, what do you want to do right here and right now in this? What are you doing in the earth? I don't care. Like, yeah, COVID happened, but in the earth, what is Jesus doing on the earth right now? What is the Father doing on the earth right now? What is the Holy Spirit doing in the earth right now that we need to be ready to say that I'm ready to contend for something? I'm not here to contend for myself and to get what I want, but I'm ready to be in a place where God, bring revival. Lord, send it now. A move of your spirit. Heaven, break. That's what we need. And we sang it. And I really feel like there's something in my heart today of like, let's be in a place where we are ready to go and contend to see revival. To see the Lord touch his people. Today, um, I was in service and I, I, I don't like, I don't, get a lot of pain often, but today I felt like, uh, I don't know if this is for first service or second service, I don't believe it's for first, but today I had like a pain in my hip and like maybe like a pain in my, kind of like my sciatic nerve. And, and I don't know if, if you're in the room or maybe you're watching online, but I believe that the Lord wants to heal your, your hip or like some like pain in your sciatic nerve. I felt it in my right side. And so if that's you, um, if you don't mind, or if you're online, like just raise your hand. If there, is there anybody? Yeah. Okay. Can I just, can I pray over you right now? Can uh, somebody just in the back, just raise their hand. Would you just kind of extend a hand forward right now? Um, I believe in a God of healing. Um, I've seen God heal many people. So today, right now over my sister, God, I speak healing Lord to her body. I speak healing to the hip. God, we know that Lord, that Jesus, you came so that you, you saved us from our sin, but I believe that you, you died also for our healing as well, that it was by your stripes that we're healed, Jesus. So God, we just speak healing right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We speak it in faith, according to James, that the prayer of faith heals somebody that's sick. It heals the infirmity. So God, I just speak Holy Spirit right now. Every breath that she, as she breathes, God, Holy Spirit, you're coming in, you're touching that area of her body. And as she exhales, God, that infirmity is leaving the body. We speak it in faith. We say, let it be done. Let it be so in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So I just, I couldn't shake that, but I knew that that was for somebody today. But today I just want to talk about building a house for revival. And it's not necessarily about building the the church, but it's about building us. We have to, it's gone. Come on, praise God. Hey, glory be to God. Come on. Jesus. Caleb, is this your Bible? Can I hand it to you? <laughs> I want you to read your Bible today, okay? So here you go. <laughs> I'm like, if I, if I keep it there, my water's going to spill. So I don't want that to happen. I'm a mess, y'all. That's why I have a wife. She keeps me in order. Thank you, Jesus. So, man, we got we to gotta build the house, and we got to build it strong. Um, you ever watch... 
You ever watch National Geographic, anybody? I, I love, I, I got to go to Africa one time and I got to witness uh, a lion eating an animal. And uh, it, if, you, if you don't, you probably, many of you don't know me, but I'm vegan, so I don't eat meat. But uh, I was like, I was amazed at this animal just ferociously ripping apart another animal. And it was unbelievable. If you ever watch it though, you know, lions, when they're, when they're on the hunt, they go after what would be the weakest link or the weakest prey. They, they kind of, they, they watch and they, and they listen and, they, and their eyes are intent to focus on what is the weakest link and that's the one that they're gonna go after. And if you ever watch like a lion, like a, you know, a female lion chase down a gazelle, it's crazy looking. And, you know, you're like, I, for me, I'm like, I want the underdog to win. I want the gazelle to get away. And, you know, most of the time that doesn't really happen. You know, like, oh, poor gazelle. Oh, well, not... Sorry, sucks for you, I guess. But uh, watching it, it's, it's unbelievable. And, you know, how many of you know that the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking for somebody to devour? He's going after the weakest link. And I feel like for us, in order to walk in the fullness of God and to, for us to experience what God desires for us to experience, a face-to-face encounter with him, We have to be built up. We have to be strong. We have to put on the full armor of God. And so I believe that we need to be built up. And those that are around us and near us also need to be made strong because of what God is doing in us. They need to see what the Lord is doing. Uh, In Jeremiah 1, this is uh, the call of Jeremiah. It says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. That The God of the universe has set you and I apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. The word appointed means to be called, means to be selected, means to be chosen, means to be employed or assigned. So you have been assigned by God for the things of God. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak for I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say that I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them. I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the the Lord reached out his hand and he touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See today that I have appointed you over nations and kingdoms to uproot, to tear down, to destroy, to overthrow, to build and to plant. I wanna focus on those words, to uproot, to tear down, to destroy, to overthrow, to build and to plant. Something that I know is, is that your words in your mouth can do nothing, but God's words in your mouth can do everything. God's looking for a person that he can touch their mouth and put his words into their mouth to bring change, to bring revival, to bring something new where you are at. And I believe that when that happens, that we are able to uproot religion. We are able to, we are able to, tear down walls. We are able to destroy the things that the enemy has established and created. We are able to overthrow the kingdom of darkness and we are able to build the kingdom of God and we are able to plant what God wants to do in the lives of people. 
And today I want us to look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. You can go ahead and open your Bibles there. And this is just a really quick verse, but I really feel like for us as the body of Christ, this is what the Lord, I feel like what the Lord wants us to do in order to build us as his house, as we are the temple in which the Holy Spirit resides in. We have to be built up. And it says this, but he prophesies to speaketh unto men, edification, exhortation, and comfort. But he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. Hey, can we pray this morning? Jesus, we just invite you here. Holy Spirit, God, just say less of me and more of you. God, I say none of me and all of you. God, would it just be all of you today? May this not be my word, but may this be your word for your people. God, I'm humbled to be here. And Jesus, I just bless you. I bless you with everything that I have. It is not mine. It's all yours, Jesus. I bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I want to kind of break down these three words. So I have three points, and it's really just the three words that we just talked about. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. And I believe that for us, as we are being built up, this is what we are called to bring. Because Paul says in 1 Corinthians that we are called to prophesy, to speak unto men, to edification, exhortation, and comfort. So I want to kind of break these three things down. The word edification actually in the Greek is a word called okiodome, which is where we get the word like dome or actually house from. And the word edification and what it means is the act of building or a building. In the spiritual, it's the advancement of edification, which really means to properly build something that serves as a home. We're building something to serve as a home. Your house that you live in, it has been built to serve as not just a house, but a home in which you reside in. And so in this word edification, what it means is that there would be a dwelling place inside of us and a dwelling place inside of others as we edify the body, that we are building people up so the spirit of God can rest in them and they can walk in the fullness of God in which they have been called to from the day that they were born to the day that they die. This is what we are called to do. We're called to build the house. See, when God, I believe that a lot of times, and I've experienced this so many times in my life, that when people say they have a word for me, a lot of times I get really excited. I'm like, oh, you have a word for me. This is so cool. And then when they start talking to me, I'm like, that's not a word from God. I can tell. Like, that is not a word from the Lord. Like, thank you. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you for giving me something. I'm going to take that, and I'm going I'm to pray on that. But almost immediately, sometimes when people talk to me, I'm like, that is not from God. That's not, and that's, you know, God bless you. Go about your day. But I will, I, sometimes I just have to know, like, I'm not going to receive that word. And I think a lot of times, I believe that this is how God speaks to me. And I believe how, this is how God speaks to us is that God speaks to, he speaks to me about him. He'll speak to me about me, and then he'll speak to me about others. And I believe this is how God speaks to us, that God speaks to you about you. He speaks to you about himself. And sometimes he will speak to you about others and bringing a word to them. 
A word that is edifying and a word that is a building up of a word. It's to build them up, to encourage them in the things of God. And, and I think for us, when I hear people, when they speak to me, and I, this happens a lot of time, and, and I've been in youth ministry for like 10 years, and sometimes I get kids, and I love when kids bring me a word. I'm like, oh man, you got a word from the Lord, let's go. And sometimes when they bring a word, I'm like, oh, that's okay, we're can you just say that? No, don't even say that one more time. Like, no, 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 you don't even need to go there again. You know, I think sometimes, and we get so caught up in the word that we get from God, but sometimes where we, what we need to do is we need to contend and test and figure out, is that word for me about me or is that a word for me about somebody else? And sometimes we get so caught up in God gave me a word and I got to share it. But really, I think sometimes that God really wants to speak to us about us. He's speaking to you about you. He wants you to see through the scriptures and through prayer and through communion and, and being with the Lord that he wants to talk to you about you. His word to you, sometimes I really believe is more important than a, it is. It's more important than a word that anybody can bring you, bring to you about you. God wants to speak to you. And I believe that a lot of times when he speaks to us, he really wants to tell us about himself because we are made to be in the image of God. And man, then when we're in a right place and God has a word, I can tell you that I feel like in my life, I've never had a word that has ever been a condemning word because God is not a God of condemnation. That's not who he is. And I would tell you that if you have ever had a word that came from somebody and you felt condemnation behind it, that's not the Lord. It's not the Lord. I've never read in my Bible any place from Genesis to Revelation where I felt condemnation from God. And that's what we have to test is the things that have been said over us, the things that have been said to you and even the words that we get for people. What is that word? And is it from the Lord? Is it from the Lord about me? And we have to watch and listen even because the enemy will want to speak lies through people and through other things. We have to be careful about what the enemy is also saying. Um, I know I just uh, mentioned this show, but uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines, they, they had this show back in the day called Fixer Upper. Anybody ever watch that show? Guys, come on, you can raise your hand too. I know you watched it with your wives. Like, you're like, oh, I don't watch that show. <laughs> I'm, uh, and like, uh, there's another one, uh, uh, some home makeover. What was, what was that called? Um, extreme home makeover. You know, yeah, thank you. Somebody over here said it. They were like, extreme home makeover. <laughs> uh, but if you ever watch these shows, they're, they're amazing because like, I mean, I watch what Chip and Joanna Gaines do and I watch Chip and I'm like, Man, he can do that. I can do that. And then I start doing it and I'm like, I can't do that. I mean, you give me a sledgehammer, I'll put it through a wall, but that sledgehammer is going to go through one wall, through the other wall. And then I, I probably hit a gas line or a water line and then I'm really messed up and I got to shut the water. It, I, trust me, it's, it's stuff like that has happened in my house. And I get really excited when I watch the show and I think I can do it, but I know that I really can't. And it's amazing when they do these homes because they build this house and, and it's like, you know, you see it and you're like, oh my gosh, that's the ugliest rancher that I've ever seen. And then after what is like an hour long show, you know, really took probably like, 
uh, a couple months, but you're like, how do they do that so fast? You know, Extreme Home Makeover, they do it in like a weekend. And I'm like, and they have, but they have like 300 people that are working on this house. You know, I'm like, my gosh, this is like David's 300 mighty men. Like, what is going on here? Like, how do, how do they do this? And, um, and so it's interesting that like, that's kind of what we expect. I think a lot of times is that, you know, you watch a show, it's done in an hour. You're like, man, that's, that must be how God works. And sometimes that's really not how God works. Sometimes God gives you a word and when he shares with you a word of what you are meant to do in life, it doesn't happen for many years. You know, there, there are things that happen in your life and, you know, they don't happen immediately, but they take time in order for it to happen. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay, good. You are with me. Praise God. You can talk back to me. I just want you to know that it makes me feel just a little bit better. And I think in moments and in times, you know, with our habits and addictions that we've had for 15 years, we think that they can be settled in 15 minutes with the Lord. And I'm not saying that they can't. Yes, they can happen that way sometimes, but not all the time. And something that I've learned as like, cause I'm doing a lot of renovations in my house. I literally have like six projects going on at once. And if any of you feel called to PA to help me out with drywall and spackling and painting and laying down a floor and finishing my master bedroom and finishing our upstairs bathroom, finishing my powder room, come to PA. I would love to have you over. I can't pay you, but you can come and hang out. I got a caboose on my property and you can sleep in the caboose. I'm dead serious. You, come, you don't want to stay in there. It's just like spiders and all kinds of things. I try to stay away from it. But something that I've noticed in the building of my house is that it's not quiet. As I'm putting in, like just this week, uh, the last couple of days, I've been putting in a floor inside of our bedroom, our master bedroom. And I mean, I've been hammering in the floor, the hardwood floor that's going on the ground. And I'm whacking it with a with a... Uh, with a uh, rubber mallet and I'm beating it to death to get it into place. And most of the time, and many a times I have missed and I literally can't feel my pinky right now because I hit my pinky. It hurts. It's loud. It, it, it's, it, it's loud and it's also painful. But what I've noticed is that when God speaks to me and when God convicts me, and when God shares with me things, you know, what I've realized sometimes is those moments, they're not really loud, but you know what they are is sometimes they are painful. But sometimes I believe that the pain is proof that God is working. The pain can be proof sometimes that God's working in my life and God is, God is extracting things from my life and God is putting me in the refiner's fire because he's refining me to be the man that I've been called to be. And being in the fire doesn't feel good, but sometimes it's the pain that's proof that God is doing something in my life. And I think we try to avoid pain so often. We don't try to get in painful moments and I don't think that that's what we're called to do, but I think when God wants to talk to us about himself and talk to us about us, it can be painful sometimes, but sometimes it's the pain that's proof that God is working. 
And it's okay when God begins to convict you of a pornography addiction or some other sort of way that you treat others or the way you talk to others that have stemmed from past hurts in your life or things that have happened. But God is doing that so that way you can be in the likeness of him. That you can reflect the Lord's glory wherever you go. The pain can be proof that God is working. The, the next word that I want to look at is the word exhortation. To exhort, to, to, to exhort actually means, it's, it's actually the Greek word periklesis in, uh, in the Webster's Dictionary, exhortation means to address or to communicate emphatically, which I feel like I've been doing all day, is urging someone to do something. And periklesis, actually the, the word uh, is actually the term for the Holy Spirit or also a holy urging, a holy urging of the Lord. And it's used uh, by the Lord to directly motivate us as believers, inspiring believers to carry out the plan in which God has called us to delivering his particular message to someone else. This could also be a word of help from the Holy Spirit. This is what exhortation is. And I believe that we, just as Jeremiah who was a prophet of the Lord. Can I just say that I really believe that we are called to be prophets of God as well? That when you can hear from God and you can speak what God is saying, I really believe that we are called to be prophets of the Lord. I believe that there is, there is a, there's definitely a prophetic movement in, in this house. I believe that there is a, really the gift of prophecy is, is huge, but I believe that as we hear from the Lord and we bring a word that is, edific, that is uh, edifying people and exhorting others, man, you can use that word to bring glory to God and to bring comfort and to bring life and to bring restoration to other people. And you are called, I would say that we as the church, we're called to bring a word. But I believe that this word has to be truth and love. It has to be truth and love. Proverbs 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. I love people in my life, like Caleb, who can, who can speak a word to me. And every time he brings a word, it's, it's a word that's in love. It's not a, a word in hatred. It's not a, it's not a word um, mixed with anything else, but it's a word that's from the Lord and it's truth and love. We need the body of Christ to be a church that is focused on that when we bring a word, it's the truth of God in the love of God. It's not the truth of God with condemnation attached to it. It's not even the truth of God to, con- to, uh, to persuade people to do something for us or to do something for the church or to do something because it's going to benefit us. No, this is about bringing a word of God, a word in season that is focused on the truth, but it's also balanced with love. It's got to be balanced with love because if it's not, it, it's not from the Lord. It's got to be balanced, truth and love. I can tell you in my life that I have had so many moments where people will just honestly like, like play kissy face with you because they just want to, they, they don't want to hurt you and, and tell you something that's, you know, that you could be convicted about. 
And man, the people that I know in my life that love me are the people that will wound me. And I know that the people that want to see me do well and that will wound me, they're not wounding me to make themselves feel better, but they're wounding me because they're not calling me out, but they're calling me up to the standard in which I've been called to live as a man of God. And I think that that's, we have to be open and we need to have people that hold us accountable. You know, like if you look at the life of Paul, Paul had uh, Paul had Timothy in which he poured into. And Paul also had, he had a Barnabas in which he did life with. And Timothy had, had a Paul in which Paul was speaking into Timothy. And that's what we need in our life. There need to be people that are pouring into us. That men, you need men of God in your life that can pour into you the things of God, that can listen to the Lord and speak the things of God. We also need a Barnabas in our life that we're venturing and doing life with, that we're doing life together. I need somebody to hold me accountable in the areas of my life that I am not doing well in. I need somebody to check up on me. Uh, I, I want to be checking up on them as well. But as, as people of God, like we also need to be pouring ourselves into others. You know, people don't care what you know, but people just want to know that you care. And for me, I just want people to know that, man, I love you. I care about you. And if you want me, I'll chase you. And if you don't want me to chase you, I won't chase you. And if you want me to encourage you and love on you and pour into you, I will do it. And if you don't, that's okay. Because I've got other people that I can be pouring into. And for us, we need to focus just like that and say, man, God, who am I pouring into right now? You know, if you, if you look at the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea gets poured into all the time, but never gives. That's why it's dead. If you're continually being poured into and you're not giving, you're also dead. Who are you pouring into? There's a generation that is crying out to be poured into. There is a generation of young people, Gen Z, is crying out for somebody that will just say, I just need to know that you love me and I need to know that you, you want to encourage me and that you want to be there for me. And that when I mess up, I'm not looking for like a slap on my wrist. I'm looking for somebody that just says, hey, let me walk with you. Let me do this hand in hand with you. This is the generation that will see Jesus coming on the clouds, that will behold the glory of God when Jesus rides in on a white horse. And I want that generation to be ready. And if we're not pouring into them, we are missing it. We're missing the mark. This generation needs Jesus so much. We have to be ready to pour into them. It doesn't matter if you're 70 years old, 80 years old, 90 years old, you have something to give. If you're not dead, then God's not done with you and he's calling you to pour into a generation. I'll tell you what, this flannel's hot. It was like 57 degrees this morning and now it's like 87 degrees. Jesus. Or it's the fire of God, I don't know. It's one of the two. Last one. Last word is, uh, is comfort. And the meaning of comfort is comfort. 
You, we all know what comfort is. We, we know what, I don't know about you, but there's something about when I go home and I lay my head on my pillow, on my tempur mattress, that to me is comfort. Sometimes people will be like, hey, what are you doing right now? I'm like, oh, I'm laying in the word. And they're like, oh man, you're such a good Christian. I'm like, really, if you knew what I was doing, I'm laying on my bed, which I just call my word because I'm laying in the word. I'm just, that's what I do. I love laying in my bed. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is rest and sleep is what I've learned in my life. And so when people are like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just laying in the word. I'm resting, resting in the word. You don't have to know that my bed, I call it word. That's okay. That's, that's my thing. All right. And if you want to steal that, go ahead. It's yours now. But man, people, I think people are so hurt in life and what people are looking for is comfort. I don't have a lot of time, so I kind of want to, I want to run through this, but there's a difference between wounds and scars. And I believe that where we experience comfort, those wounds then become scars. And, you know, if I like, you know, growing up young as a kid, like, I don't know about you, but I used to like build ramps in the driveway and I would ramp my bike from one ramp to the other and then I felt like I was like evil Knievel. And I was like, what can I put? Like, how, how big can I make the ramps and separate them? Anybody else do this? Just me? I was, okay, awesome. There's a couple other people in the room. This is what I would do. And I'd be like, okay, let's separate them and let's throw some leaves in there. And then it was like, okay, let's separate them some more. Let's throw some sticks. I remember one time I was like, let's separate it. And then we put cinder blocks in the middle. That was a really bad idea, but we made it. But... I remember one time that I did this and I have the scars to prove it on my arms. But one time I was riding, it was me and a buddy and my buddy had the lighter bike and I had the heavier bike and I'm also the heavier guy. So he should have given me the lighter bike, but that's okay. I, you know, there's nothing I can do now, obviously. But we took the bikes and we ramped them and he went over on his, on his lightweight Haro and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go. And I had this steel diamond back. And I was like, and I, I went as fast as I could and I made it up and I made it over and the front wheel made the landing ramp, but the back wheel didn't. So what happens is all that force with a heavy guy like me, you just go over the handlebars and my arms have proved that it was not a pretty sight. And I gashed my arms up. But what has happened in my life is, you know, from over time, those wounds became scars. And if I were to say like, yo, like check out this scar, you'd be like, oh, that's a cool scar. Like, you know, did you get like mauled by a bear? Like, yeah, I did. It was, it was bear. <laughs> Should have seen the bear. <laughs> um, but if I were to be like, yo, check out these wounds, you'd be like, oh dear God, put that away. Like, right? You, like I get wheezy when I see like even a little bit of blood. I'm like, oh dear God, I can, I'm losing it. Like feeling in my knees. But when we, have not allowed comfort to come in, the wounds that we have faced in our life are still wounds. They have not scarred up. And when wounds turn into scars, it's, it's for us to show, hey, this is what God did in me and God can do this in you too. I was addicted to pornography for, for seven years and God delivered me when I was 21 from pornography. And my prayer when I was that age at 20 was, God, make me sick for the things that make you sick. And it literally to this day, seeing anything makes me sick to my stomach because I wanted 
to be convicted of the areas that I was wrong in, the way that I treated people because I had so much pride in my life that when I do that today, it literally makes me sick. And that's the scar in which I carry, but it's to show others that if God can do it in me, God can do it in you. Jeremiah 8, 22 says, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? I believe that what the Lord is saying to us is that is there no balm in Hilton Head? And is there no balm uh, or physician in CR? And I believe that God has called us to be physicians, to be healers, to be the, to be spirit carriers, to carry the Holy Ghost wherever we go, to bring healing, to bring restoration, to bring renewal, and to bring revival to a city that needs it, no matter if they're just coming in for a weekend and then leaving the next, or if they move here and give their whole lives to this place, that there are people that need healing that can only come from what God has done in you. You could say, look at my scars, look what God did in me, and if God could do it in me, God can do it in you as well. This is what... The body of Christ needs. Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, and, and Seth in the band, you can come on up. How much time do I got? Don't put that in the, in the podcast or anything. I'm good. Praise God. Got another hour. Let's go. Just kidding. <clears throat> I should have asked the band to come up at third point. Remember that, Seth, for the next one. Oh, hey. Wow, don't scare me like that. 2 Corinthians 1 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Say all comfort. The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Did you know that I learned this not too long ago, but there's another word for comfort and it's actually the word key. The word comfort also can be known as, as a key. And I think when you experience real genuine true comfort that only comes from the Lord, it's the key in which that you find peace and you find what you need. And, you know, I think I have my keys on me, but keys have value to what they open. Like right now, Jimmy, my man, Jimmy, I don't, my man, he got me this key. This is the only key he gave me to stay in my, wherever I'm staying in Hilton Head. But if I lose this key, Jimmy's not going to be happy with me. So this key to me has value because when I get to my room at the end of the day, I want to be able to get in and not be locked out. You know, I have the key to the car that I'm driving. And this key has value to me because it gets me from point A to point B. It has, to me, it has value. I have this key. I don't even know what it opens, but it's on my key ring. And I could literally leave it for Caleb and say, hey, I have this key. It's yours and whatever it opens, have it. It's yours. It could be a lockbox. It could be it could be a house that I don't even know that I own. I don't even know what this key does. And it's on my key ring. And I didn't do this because like to show you a point today, I literally am just looking at this key. I'm like, I don't even know what that opens. But keys have value to what they open. And when you encounter true comfort that comes from the Lord, it's like a key. 
And when you experience comfort, it's the key in which you pull away from everything and just rest in God. But sometimes we can take keys that don't have value. And this, this, this might even be a key to a house that I don't even own, but hey, it can get me in. But if I don't know what it is, I'm probably literally just gonna throw it away. And I wonder how many times in our life we have thrown away a key that we didn't know actually had value, that we gave it up and we said, I don't even know what this does. You, you all know, I have this, this drawer in my house. You got the drunk drawer that's got multiple keys in it and they're all put in a bag and you're all like, I don't even know what they open, but I just, I'm holding on to them for some, one day, one day I'm gonna find this lockbox. It's gonna have a million dollars and it's gonna open it up. Billion dollars in it. No, maybe not. Probably won't happen. But if you don't know what comfort is, you'll throw it away. But when you experience true comfort from the Lord, it's the key that gets you to the secret place. It's the key that gets you to a place of when the, the kids are going crazy, the kids have lost their mind, they're taking their diapers off and running around and throwing poop all over the, all the walls. I've, I got one, I encountered it. I wanna lose my mind. And after I put him to bed, I just gotta get to, I gotta get to where comfort is. When you don't know what the key opens, you can throw it away. But when you truly, genuinely know what comfort is, you won't throw that away. Comfort has value to it. And imagine the people that don't have the key to a comfort place, that don't have a key to a comfortable place, that don't have a key to the place of God where God is calling them to be in. You have experienced it they should experience it too. There's a reason that you have that invite card. And if you don't have an invite card, you should get one today because somebody needs to come here next week, not just to hear a word from God, but they need to come through those doors and feel a place that when they walk through the doors, they felt what I felt today, which was comfort in the room. The river of life flowing through this room. It can happen. And as we do this, we're building the house, not the church, but we're building us and we're building up the temple. We're building up other people's temple so they can encounter the glory of God in the, the train of his robe filling the temple. I want the train of his robe to fill this temple so that way anything that is not of him has to exit and it has to leave. And I want the same thing for this house that, and for you and your body and you and your home, for the, that you and your house, that for you and your house, that you serve the Lord and that the train of his robe would fill your home and it would fill your temple and it would fill this place that anything that's not of him that would have to leave so that way the glory of God could reside and we would see the glory of God take place in everything that we do. So today, I just wanna to ask you to stand to your feet. Wherever you're at, if you can stand, if you're comfortable with standing. And I just wanna take a moment for us to just receive, just to receive from the Lord and just asking his glory to come, that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, we invite you here 
And God, we don't just invite you here in this room. We know that you're here because we're two or more gathered in your name. Your presence is here. But God, we invite you in. We invite you into our hearts. We invite you into our minds. God, we invite you in. And we say, Holy Spirit, come and fill this house. Fill this temple, God. May we be built up for the things of you, God. May we be built up for the thing that you want to do here in Hilton Head, here in Hilton Head and here in Bluffton, God. That we would be built up for the things that you want to take place here, God. That, God, we would see the things that you see. That, God, we would be the things that you're about. That, God, fill us today, right now, with your Holy Spirit. God, move in us and breathe in us, God. Change us in where we need to be changed, God. And God, use us as vessels, God, that we we say less of us and more of you. That God, we say none of us and all of you, God. That you would fill us, that when you fill us, God, you don't fill us to the middle, you don't fill us to the brim, but God, you fill us overflowing. That as Smith Wigglesworth walked through the streets, that the Holy Ghost would fill him and it would overflow out of him and it would touch people and they would fall out in the spirit and he would bring in a word and they would get healed, they would get delivered, they would get set free. God, may that be us. Come on, sing that out, Seth. Come on, sing it out, everybody. team, will you guys get in place for us? I, I was telling Pastor Taylor that um, what I feel like we need to do as we wrap up is to press into this word for comfort, 
um, I, I felt that some of us, um, you know, you can live your whole life biting your nails and then stress and anxiety. And what he said about um, finding the secret place and finding real comfort in the Holy Spirit, changing everything. I, f- I feel like we need to press into that for a moment. And maybe even some of you walked with the Lord for years and you would still say, my life is riddled with stress and anxiety and fear. Um, and what I want the altar team to pray this morning is that we would experience and know real soul satisfying comfort. Like the deepest place of your soul with no comfort. And it's where David can say, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know you're with me. And it's, it's not just about, God, make my circumstances easy. David said, even in the darkest nights, I know comfort and I know the shepherding of God. And so that's the main word I want to press into this morning. And the altars are going to be open as the worship team sings. If, you would be, if you're just like, man, I know I, I need that peace, that, that assurance that the rod and the staff of the almighty God are with me. Um, we want to press into that. As always, if you don't know Jesus, man, that's the place to start. You can know your sins are forgiven. Your, your guilt has been washed by the blood of Jesus. And if you're struggling with any sickness or any depression, we'd also like to pray for you. And so our altars are going to be open, officially open. So you just go ahead and start making your way. I'm going to ask the worship team to sing for us just one more chorus, and we'll get ready to pray and close. Come on, let's sing it. Don't, don't hesitate. This isn't a place of... Um, worried about what other people think or condemnation. This is about finding God this morning. Come on, Lord. Bring the comfort of the Spirit. Maybe just open your hands and worship this morning. Father, as a family this morning, we just confess freely that we are so thankful for the cross. Lord, we rest ultimately in the work of Jesus. You labored through great suffering so that we could breathe and have Sabbath rest in Jesus. Jesus, you said that when you go, it would be better for us because you would send the helper. So as a community, Lord, we just thank you today for the helper, for the sweetness of who he is. We say there's no one like you, Holy Spirit. And forgive us for when we run ahead of you. We want to know you more. We want to love you better. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Everybody say amen. 
Amen. The altars are open. They're going to stay open. So if you need ministry, come. If you're in the altar receiving ministry, don't rush away. We've got time. And the worship team is going to stay in place. And so if you want to hang out and worship, you can. But if not, we love you so much. You are officially dismissed. Pick up your kids because I had enough of my own to take care of. Don't leave them with me. God bless you. We love you so, so much. Down on